This is episode number four with Ayal Amir. Welcome to the Apitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number four of Apitalize on Your Idea, the podcast. Today's a great episode. We interview Ayal Amir from Hammer Tech Engineering Solutions. Ayal is a programmer that I've actually hired to do some uh, projects for me. So he's an outsourced programmer. And we talk a lot today about outsourcing and how to find programmers and, and what you can and can't outsource. In this case, mostly we talk about the programming aspect of it. But like I've said in other instances, you really can outsource everything from office assistant to finance, programming, uh, web help, social media help, engineering. I, I've hired an actual engineer to build a prototype for something for me before. Back in the day when the iPad didn't have a camera, I was going to build a little business card scanner that would have slapped onto the, to the port there. And I, I outsource an engineer because I don't know anything about that. So we talk a lot today about that and how to find and vet a good programmer. Uh, as always, today's episode is sponsored by Watchman Monitoring. Know before it's too late with Watchman Monitoring. Uh, if you are an Apple consultant or you're in IT and you're working with some Linux servers, soon Windows version, check out Watchman Monitoring, www.watchmanmonitoring.com slash Apitalize. So thank you to Watchman Monitoring for sponsoring today's episode. So without further ado, I want to jump right into this interview with Ayal Amir. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're here with Ayal Amir, owner of HammerTech Engineering Solutions. What's going on, Ayal? Not much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so for everyone at home, Ayal is an outsourced programmer. Uh, he lives in California, right? California? Yeah, okay, in uh, Los, Los Angeles area. Los Angeles, all right. And uh, and I actually hired Ayal to do a project for us, one of my apps called Email Phoenix. Uh, he came to my rescue after another programmer bailed, and he got what was supposed to take four weeks done in like it was something like a week. And um, so I, I consider Al an expert programmer um, in all things. But we're here today to talk to him about how you, with coming up with your ideas, how you can go and outsource somebody like Al, and like what the ideas and like maybe how you want to vet a programmer and stuff like that. And Al will be here to help. Uh, answer some of that for you. So, uh, how's everything going over there? How's how's the West Coast? West Coast is good. It's busy here, but otherwise good. Weather's good. <laughs> yeah. See, you're lucking out because it's like it's like 20 degrees over here. I'm in I'm in I'm on the East Coast. I'm in I'm in New Jersey. I know, but I, my office is in the city, in New York City, and uh, it's like 20 degrees and it's, it's killing me. I really wow. hate winter. I want it to be hopeless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for us, it's not that never that bad. Yeah, it's one it's one season all year round, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, all right. So, Al. So, let's say I didn't know you, and I was a idea guy, and I came up with this idea for an app or piece of software or whatever, and I needed to get an outsourced programmer. Now, I found you on Guru.com, but there's a couple of other websites that are out there, like um, Rent a Coder or VWorker and stuff like that. But right. how does somebody with an idea come to find and hire somebody like you? 
So there's there are multiple ways. Um, there are some things that I specialize in, and there's other specialties out there. And so if you have something very specific, a lot of people just Google it, and you'll you'll run across a bunch of people. Um, if you Google for certain things like QT expert, I'm, I'll probably pop up for that. Um, well, but, how would somebody know to search for QT expert? Like I, I know what QT is, but you know if if I didn't like if, QT for anyone who's listening is a uh, not a programming language, but like a programming field, right? You can uh, yeah, like a framework. Like a framework, okay, fine. But a lot of people don't know what Qt is, so how would somebody like search for Qt then? So Qt, I guess that is pretty specific. But I have f- had people who like companies who are already doing something in Qt, so they search for me based on that. But let's say you're doing something in video, you know, you would look for video programming expert or, or game programming expert or whatever it is, or, or even an online game, you know, expert. And you'll get a bunch of consultants pop up. Um, the thing is that that's usually you won't find the budget people. Um, so if you're looking for a, even a small idea to get it off the ground, that's where guru.com and Elance and all those other websites come into play because you can get a lot of really cheap off-source programming um, whether it's from India or China or some even local that are just looking to get a, a to get started in freelance work, um, and so it's it's up to you to kind of choose a good developer, you know, and you'll have some misses, but there are some very good affordable solutions out there. Okay, so um, without going into too much detail, and I, because I've paid AL, he is a very expensive programmer, um, but <laughs> well, he's, worth, you know, he's worth every penny. Don't get me wrong. Well, in a way, I, I am if you compare to other people on Elance or, or Guru, but compared to other consultants, I'm actually on the cheaper end. All right. So, all right. So, you were saying that people, you can find the cheaper people like in India or whatever it is, but how does somebody, let's say you did a search and you were coming up with an app idea and you were on Guru.com or Elance or whatever, one of these sites, and you were searching for a programmer. Now, how would somebody vet these programmers? Like, I don't know who these people are. I mean, I found you because I had a very specific thing that I was looking for. And um, I found you on guru.com and I sent you a message and you responded and we were able to click. But like for everyone else um, who's starting off, like how would somebody vet one of these program, one of these outsourced companies, whether it be a local in country or even out of country? Right. So it's basically an interview process. So uh, the first thing is you're basically looking at resumes. So you're looking at their guru.com profile or whatever other online presence they have. You're looking um, basically the quality of their of just their resume. Um, if they have projects on there, whatever they've done, they'll have a bunch of reviews on Guru. Um, once you narrow down to you know ten or however many you're going to narrow down to, you send them messages, see how they responsive they are. Um, how responsive they are is usually very indicative of how responsive they are, they're going to be during the course of the project and um, how well they respond, how detailed you when they finally bid for the project. You want to make sure they read all your requirements and that they understand it and that they're bringing up questions that maybe you didn't even think of. So you want to make sure you click on multiple levels in that sense. All right. And like how would somebody on like guru.com protect themselves? Like how would I go – and, and want to explain this project to a company, whether they're in country or out of country, without them going and stealing my idea and going and making it themselves. 
So that's a, a bit of the risk of going outside of this country, you know, to India, China. They don't have um, patent, well, not even just patent laws, but just intellectual property rights laws. Um, so they could they could steal it. They promise not to, you know, guru.com makes them sign a contract and they'll lose their privileges on guru. So if you're going with somebody that has good reviews on guru, you could be pretty assured that that won't happen. Um, but there is some risk involved there. So you always make them sign a non-disclosure. Um, but again, that only does so much when you're going out of the side of the country. And that's where you have to consider it is sometimes worth paying a little bit of a premium to stay within uh, your country. Right. So a non-disclosure would, at least in country, what that non-disclosure does is it keeps people from literally disclosing the details of your project with anyone else. Right. You can define how detailed your non-disclosure agreement is. You can tell them that they can't even say that they've talked to you or that they've worked with your company. Oh, wow. So like if you really wanted, I mean, you can go almost top secret clearance kind of thing with this and and you I could stop you from talking to like your spouse about me <laughs> yeah <laughs> essentially I mean, yeah I mean as long as your spouse doesn't say anything you're never gonna find out but yeah essentially I have clients who who in our agreements that I I can't say who those clients are all right so real quick who are they <laughs> I'll tell you later oh right, yeah there you go there you go that's good um okay so so we're on, we're on Guru.com now. Um, to to leave a review on Guru.com, just so people know, um, it you have to do work with them and, and to leave them the good review. It's not like uh, a review on some of these more public websites, let's say like Amazon or, or the Apple App Store, where people hide behind names or leave bad reviews because they don't like you, let alone your or, or versus not liking your product. On Guru.com, you know, you as a as a as a freelance e, someone who's buying or using a freelancer, uh, you're vetted through their system also. So it benefits you to leave a good review if someone's doing good work because then the freelancer can leave you a good review also, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, continue. Yeah, basically, uh, I think you can't even leave a review unless you've worked with them in the past. Um, so unless you've worked together. Right, and Guru.com uh, has this like escrow system. So you, the, you put the money in escrow, and then the person does the work. And when they when they give you the work, you can release the escrow, or you can even release the escrow in pieces as projects move forward. So that way, everybody's happy, and there's no way of you losing your money without a back without like a way of going back. Right, that's the really cool part about Guru and those sites is that they basically guarantee that that the there's no fraud going on because you would have to prove to Guru that you know if somebody opens up a claim, you would have to prove to them that either the work wasn't performed or the money wasn't sent as agreed. Right, right, right. All right, well that's cool. So, um, what happens? Okay, so so someone's bid on Guru.com and or and and they you've accepted their bid. So what happens then? So that part I don't know because I've never been on that side of it. I've never actually bid. For, I've never actually. Uh, well, you, let's do it this way. You you bid work. on a project for me, and I've accepted you as a programmer. So, like, where do we go from there? Um, so at that point, I've already sent you an estimate, and I already know the the scope of the work. So pretty much at that point, we just start communicating about specifics, um, and you send me the code, usually outside of Guru. Um, and we start development. Right. 
So um, I, for email Phoenix, for example, when, when Ayala and I were working together, um, I actually happened to have been away. I remember that uh, my programmer, my original programmer, had to stop working on it like on a Thursday and I was going away like the next day that Friday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember this because it was so traumatic. And um, within 24 hours, I was able to find AL on, on guru.com and because he was in the country, it was a lot easier for me to get in touch with him. And because he was, I'm in, I'm on the East coast and he's on the West coast, the three hour time difference kind of helped. And I was able to get in touch with him through guru.com and he was able to bid on the project and I was able to talk to him and I was able to say, okay, this is what we want. And in this particular case, we handed off the code, but if you don't have any code, you could hand off whatever um, graphics or ideas or flow charts or whatever you have built um, to the programmer so they can get started with everything. Right, exactly. Okay, so um, what are some good tools that are out there uh, to help I, the person who's coming up with the idea, let's say we're starting from scratch, someone who's coming up with the idea to provide you with like what they want their end goal to be. So that way you don't, you don't make a product and then they go, this isn't what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, so I think the, the biggest thing there is to just have enough detailed requirements. Um, a lot of people have kind of a, a general fuzzy idea of what they want. Um, but as a developer, you're every, you know, every minute is, is money, you know, so you don't want the, your developer to kind of guess how you want it to look, um, or, or what each button you basically want to define down to the button level, what each button should do, what window should pop up, how it should move. If you're talking about an application, if you want to, on your phone, you want to, you want to basically find, um, a bunch of examples of exactly what you want it to look like or, or very, very similar so that if there's some rework necessary, if it's not exactly what you imagined, it's not a huge amount of rework. So uh, you, um, I just think that definitions really need to be thought out um, and sometimes they're not in enough detail for a developer. Right. So you have to be uh, detailed enough for the developer but still generic enough for you to understand it and like figure out that that space um there's a great it's th i'm thinking about this scene from from office space if anybody remembers when they're talking to when the two bobs are talking to people about getting fired and there's that guy who goes i take the paperwork from the customer and i bring it to the engineers <laughs> <laughs> you have to be unfortunately he got fired but you have to be that guy um you have to wear that hat for this role right that's what you're saying right, right. exactly okay uh, so one can, you know, when you're, when you're starting off and you have your idea and, and you're sussing out these, these concepts, you know, um, a word document, a, a, a badly drawn graphic on a, on a, on a cocktail napkin, like whatever detail you can give clearly helps. Exactly. Because uh, yeah, the, the developer isn't the creator of the idea and it's not their place to really, I mean, they can have some creative ideas you know and can contribute but you don't want them to take creative freedom and just start developing an application like they see fit because it may just be completely the wrong direction right and that would be horrible for everybody and then you'd end up with zero stars on guru.com and then we'd be back to where we started right or the you know also not a pleasant situation but a lot of developers will eat the cost of the reworks and that's not too fair to the developers either right so, uh, other than cost, what do you, what do you think some of the big differences are between, let's say, hiring a programmer um, 
if you're in the United States, hiring a programmer in the United States, like someone in your own country versus hiring somebody um, out of the country, whether no matter what country you're hiring, whether it be India, China, the, the Soviet area, like whatever it is, what are some of the pros and cons of either side? So I think there's a long list. I think that, um, well, we need to fill time so you can, you can, <laughs> <laughs> um, so quality is huge, right? So, uh, um, even if they do exactly the same thing, the, the code from us firms or clients, um, will end up being a, a lot higher quality in the sense that if you need, to, if it's going to be around for a long time to change it, to, to make upgrades to it, it's all going to be easier with code written in the U S typically versus places like India or China. Um, the, I don't know if it's schooling or what it is, but just it, the, it's more strict here that, that there's certain software practices that have to be followed or, or whatever form of engineering you're doing. Um, also, the communication is huge. I mean, you talk to somebody from India, and it's going to take you 10 times longer over email to get them to understand what exactly you're trying to do. And, and again, it even goes back to quality with communication. It's that you're talking about a certain application look, and here somebody will understand, okay, it needs to look this beautiful, you know, and somebody from India will just want it to work, and they won't really quite care what the quality of it is um, and so just to communicate that idea is very difficult um, also time differences are very hard like uh, when you're working with somebody from India or China you're looking at well you send them some messages you won't get a response until they wake up the next day and so you're really communicating them when, when, with them once or twice a day so it tends to move a lot slower um, in terms of speed in general I would say that in, you're going to Usually, it's much slower coming from those countries, just because um, they are usually trying to. They don't make a lot per hour, so they try to take on a ton of work, and so that they never have a shortage. And so they're actually doing a lot of projects, and yours is just one of theirs. And so it's there isn't too much one-on-one -on -one attention. They don't care too much. They just want to get it out the door as quickly as possible, and and forget about you, so they can move on to the next one. Um, I'm generalizing, of course. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say like obviously it's a very you know we're we're making very general statements here, um, because I've worked with a, I've worked with uh, firms in the United States and I've worked with firms in India and like some firms in India are good and some firms in India aren't just like some firms in the United States are good and some are, aren't aren't um, and I mean the firm that I use most of the time in India the communication thing is a bit of a problem um, when I'm working with somebody new on a new project or something like that. But some of the people that I've worked with there for the last like two or three years, our communication's great. I know that I can only get him for like two hours in the morning when I wake up because it's the end of the day there. But for and like he understands the way I talk because mm -hmm. we communicate over Skype and mostly over typing. So he understands the way I talk, um, whereas some of the new programmers or and I, I had a problem with another company in India. They didn't really understand me. Um, so things took longer. Not that that's a bad thing. Like it, 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 it's just a thing that happens. Um, if if right. I was in India originally and I was talking to an Indian programmer, I probably wouldn't have those problems. Um, whereas with somebody like Ayal, I'm in, I'm on the East Coast. He's on the West Coast, and I think when we were working on the email for Phoenix project, I think I bothered him like ten or fifteen times a day uh, to get certain things fixed and even at that i would even even at that i was still screwing it up <laughs> yeah. well 
again, that's like there's a certain expectation of being here and being a consultant here that uh, that I have to be good at communication. So if somebody emails me, I have to be on top of it. I can't, you know, wait till the next day to respond. Right, right, right. Um, otherwise, because my clients expect more because I'm based here and I charge a certain amount. If I was in India, I, the expectation isn't the same. Right, and it's not always like you know. There's, there, there's that old expression like you get what you pay for. Um, and that right. holds true to like a point here, um, yeah. because it's not like, it's not like my, my team in India is, let's say cheap, uh, you know, in terms of physical dollar amounts. But, uh, I had a problem with a, with something I was working on there. I pulled it from them. I gave it to Ayal and I, and he, you charged me more over a weekend than they charged me for like the entire month, um, right. which I was glad to pay because you got the problem fixed and 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 it doesn't make a difference with the the technical details of why they couldn't get it done and once they saw the solution they were like oh yeah that makes a lot more sense it it could it was just a knowledge thing but well that's actually one of the things i would have mentioned Uh, that was the last item on my list of what the pros and cons are i I think it's pretty common to get the uh, to hear that no, that's not possible. Um, coming from from developers in uh, in other countries, whereas in the U.S., if you pay enough, you'll get the answer. Well, that's always possible. It's just a matter of money, right. you know. Yeah, I've uh, gotten the I've gotten the like it's not possible and uh, before from one of my guys, and you know this guy I work with a while, and every time he says no, it's not possible. I kind of just I've I've learned that if I just wait like a day or two. He goes, oh, I figured out the answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so it, it obviously, as a as someone with an idea, paying these people, um, no is never the final answer. Never. Never. Even even if they even if it's someone outside of the country, no is never a final answer. There's always a way to get it done. In in software, if if it's feasible in software, if you could think of that, this, something is running in software. And you know it shouldn't be a hardware solution. Then it's always feasible. There's always a way. And to hear no, I mean, I shouldn't say always. Ninety-nine point nine nine percent, right? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, because if, if I say you, to you, I want to build a, I want to build a voice active. I want to build Jarvis from the Iron Man movies, and I want to, I want to pay you a thousand dollars to build it. Like that's obviously a hard no. That's a hard no. That's a hard but no. if you said, I'll pay you a few billion, you know, I could probably, I may be able to come up with it. <laughs> All right. So if anyone's listening, if anyone has a few billion dollars, I will build you Jarvis. Jarvis. But as a caveat, I get a free copy of it because. <laughs> yeah. Because that's awesome. But yeah, so like we said, there's, there is, the hard no really doesn't exist when it comes to software. Very, very rarely, right? Right. Um, it's just if you get a no, it's somebody who doesn't know how to do it, pretty much. So, what do you think some of the um, biggest issues for someone with an idea hiring somebody like you? What do you think some of the the biggest problems are for us um, that we need to overcome um, when coming up with an idea or communicating, like whatever, from from start to finish? What are some of the the issues that we would have um, that we can help some people out with some uh, some answers for it. Right. So I've been doing this for a few years now. Um, and my uh, the biggest problem I would say that I've seen is 
not committing enough to your idea. Uh, basically, somebody has an I idea that they want to implement, but they want to spend minimal dollars on it, and and they want to get kind of a half solution and not quite a product that isn't quite good for uh, good enough for market, or it's going to be too implemented too slowly, or whatever it is, but um, or not even ending up doing it because you're afraid of spending the money on it and uh, that just keeps you from growing uh, um, whether you're starting a business or you're just implementing an idea if you aren't willing to invest in yourself you're not going to go very far so you have to commit to your idea and I'm not saying to spend tons of money on it but you have to spend enough whatever that amount is after you shop around you have to spend enough to get your idea out there otherwise uh, I've seen other businesses where they I had a friend who um, was implementing this uh, uh, this case for an, an iPhone that basically was waterproof and it was rugged and it was basically taking it and converting it into a GoPro so you could mount it onto helmets and all this other stuff and they didn't want to spend the money on it so instead they developed it themselves and took far too long. By the time they came out with it and were presenting it at different conferences, pe other people had ripped off their ideas. And so by the time they end up selling the company, I think they only got like 30K for it, which I mean is nothing laughable, but for the amount of effort they poured into it, it was nothing. Right. Um, and you mentioned, uh, you know, you need to invest in yourself. And um, I, if anyone's listening, the a couple episodes back, we, we interviewed Dr. Roy Bakar, who's a, my friend who's a psychiatrist, and he said a very similar thing, uh, invest in yourself. And uh, I think Al's message is, is, is the same which is um, you need to you need to go for it, right? You need to don't hold back when you're when you're talking about these ideas because one, the idea can be a multi-million dollar idea, and and you can use somebody like Al and 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 their knowledge base to say like, oh, this could really work, and this can really do wonders. Right. Um, I mean, we did that with uh, Email Phoenix. When we started it, in, uh, for those who don't know, Email Phoenix is our, our Karyo Connect uh, backup system. Where if you have a Karyo Connect mail server in house, we can run up, we run a sync and it backs up. And um, that way, if you have a, an emergency or something like that, you can you can run your mail. And uh, I'm sure if I find an email somewhere, Al was like, "This this seems like a good idea." Like, <laughs> you know, and we went for it. We built it. We did it in uh, I think like a um, we did it in just a, a couple of weeks to get version one out, which was great. Um, yeah. And then you know we built from there. Uh, so you, you need to get out there. You need to invest in yourself, and you need to you need to believe in in your own in your own work. Yeah, and if you don't have enough money, and you need to you know you need some help, uh, even partnering up with somebody and splitting the profits is uh, splitting the profits of something is better than getting zero dollars for because your idea never got out there. And that and that's a great lesson: partnering with somebody as opposed to putting everything on your credit card and ending up with crippling debt <laughs> right um well i mean i think uh i think that's some great information that that i uh, that you're sharing with us al um do you have any like last words for what people should really be on the lookout for when they're looking for programmers um for programmers so uh, i have some last words about having an idea i i think that you know, there's so many ideas out there. They just uh, you uh, people have an idea a minute or you know some less. Uh, let's say you have an idea every few weeks. Just jot them down and and don't forget about them. Try to shop. It might not be as 
big of a uh, of a problem as you think and and go, go on guru see if anybody has the expertise on there go go on uh, those there's a ton of sites that have a similar thing uh, just google it um and email a bunch of people and and see somebody find somebody who you click with because there are a lot of people out uh, there are a lot of developers out there and and you'll find both bad and good but if you shop enough there are good ones and there's good affordable ones too like justin has found oh you mean so you're promoting yourself <laughs> no, saying I, I, I was like, I found you. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, affordable. I mean, so uh, I, I'm saying for startup ideas, like uh, right, no, Indian not, developers. Right. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing. Yeah. AL knows I'm playing. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, thanks so much, AL. AL, where can, where can people find you online? So the best place is hammertechengineering.com. Okay. Hammertechengineering.com. I'll put that in the show notes. And uh, thanks so much for, for talking with us today, AL. Thank you very much. Thank Good you. talking to you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. So that was a great interview with Ayal Amir. Thanks so much for being on the show. And, and I hope you guys have taken away some information from that, like that you can have these ideas come to life. You can find someone who can program it for you. Like Ayal said, you know, you can take any idea. And even if you need to partner with the person you're, you're going to hire to do the programming, you can get it done and you can have an amazing idea out there. And that's really what Appitalize is all about, taking that idea building it, getting it out there, and realizing that, hey, you can contribute to this to this world, even if it's the smallest thing as a, a little mini program or a new way, uh, you know, a new type of notebook or, or anything. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be software, but you can come up with this idea and you can make it come to life. And using, using programmers and using outsourced companies such as HammerTech or whoever can make that idea become a reality. So, Go work on those ideas. Make them come to life. Capitalize on your idea. And we will see you guys next time.